Hi, I'm Dr. Pam Peek, and welcome to episode 366 of Her, the podcast where you're going to hear the naked truth about her mind, her body, her life, and today, well, her destiny? Hmm, what's this about? Well, I all I can tell you is we have a terrific show coming up. Before we begin, just know that this episode is made possible by our wonderful friends at Smarty Pants Women's Vitamins, the delicious once-a-day gummies that contain all of the essential vitamins, minerals, and omega oils, customized just for women. To learn more, hop on over to smartypantsvitamins.com. Here's your first reminder to click onto iTunes after this episode to rate and review the show. Why? Because I love hearing from you. Your feedback means absolutely everything. All right, it's time for Her. Her, the podcast. The naked truth about women. Her mind, her body, her life. It's all about Her. So every now and then you meet someone who's just totally cool. That's our next guest. That's Dr. Jessica Shepard. We were at a, a huge health conference uh, together uh, in the fall, and uh, she is all things women's health and really gets it when we talk about women's health as well. And, and for that, I tip my hat. Who is Dr. Jessica Shepard? She is the chief medical officer of Very Well. How many of you are already on the email list for very well and you get the newsletters and the blogs and all the rest of it? Well, she's the chief medical officer and she's right on top of that. She's also an OBGYN. She's a physician and women's health expert. And she's talked with women about their health issues over the last 10 years and loves to create communities to be able to open up dialogues about tough topics. Well, you've probably seen her as well on the national news because she's a regular expert on the Today Show, Dr. Oz, Steve Harvey, CBS News, Fox, and all the rest of it. Jessica, welcome to the Her Podcast. I am so elated to be here. I think, you know, from the time that we met, we really just had a strong connection. And I think that our vision and our passion are so aligned that that's why we just immediately connected. And now we're here talking on this beautiful podcast and this conversation I'm so excited for. Let's do it. All right. Um, and so we have two uh, brains that are going to mind meld here. Uh, let's talk about this whole issue of, of women's health. What is it about women's health, when you're talking to women as an OBGYN, what is it that really kind of gets you going? Like, we need to, we need to fix this. We need to make certain that this is better. What would the, this be? This would be, is being paid attention to being heard, being seen. And I feel when we think of women's health in general, you know, I am an OBGYN, so I deal with a lot of what goes on with the pelvis. And that can start as early as adolescence and range all the way through menopause, you know, for older women. But even if you carry that over to heart health, even if you carry that over to gastrointestinal issues, when it comes to women, there has been a really lack of 
part of being researched or a lack of development in technology um, or even from the pharmacological aspect of what we have to devote to women's health issues. And for me, that's where I want to shout and yell and just be the ambassador for women's health and making sure that people know what's available to them and that we need more. We need more. I love it. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking now that the trending tends to be uh, currently that young women, and these are the Gen Zs and the um, millennials, have been putting their foot down saying, you know, damn it, for all intent and purposes, our issues matter. They're opening up an open dialogue to just talk um, publicly about menstruation, about fertility, and that also includes the workplace. Uh, do you hear this among your own patients? Do you see this kind of more of a, I want to advocate for myself kind of attitude? Yeah, I see it in different variations in the variation of, say, for older women who feel um, unheard or left alone or lonely in the space of of how they've been addressed and wanting more. And then coming into your millennials um, who are quite frankly speaking up for themselves. They're saying, you know, I want more and I'm not afraid to say so. Versus, you know, when you think of your Gen Z who is really going out there and changing it. They're like, what can I do to change this narrative, to change this trajectory? And I think when you put all of those together, we are starting to have some forward momentum. And that's what I'm very excited to see is the range of uh, not allowing this to take place anymore in, in how we voice our concern and how we have questions that really are going to spur on these challenges and really confront these obstacles. That's what I love to see is us coming together collectively in different ways. I love it. Now, we're going to kind of keep it rocking here for women 40 plus. So now we're entering the perimenopause and then the menopause and then postmenopause. Um, many women will spend easily 30 years, if not 50 years of their life, um, if they live long uh, within this period of time. And yet this is the first time in a woman's life when the, uh, phase she's moving into presents such challenges. All the other phases are kind of, I guess you can say happy wappy. Oh, look, she's turned into a beautiful adolescent. Oh, look, she's, she's an amazing young adult. Oh, look, she's pregnant with her. For, you know, everything's like, oh, you know, and a little parties are going. Then you hit 40 and it's like, whoa, <laughs> what happened here? And, and right. It's kind of like the ugly duckling kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, I, I feel like we're all getting sucked down into a vortex of a narrative that's all wrong. That, you know, is, is just saying it's all negative and whatever at the same time, not being happy, wappy and ridiculous. Um, because, you know, what you're doing is you're bumping up against, for the first time in a woman's life, aging in a big way. Obviously, you're aging, you know, for every single day of your life. But this is like a big time aging because you're weaning off your sex hormones. Um, and that's a wean that'll take 10 to 12 years at the end of the day. Um, but here you have age, 
here you have um, a woman's body changing and there's always been this narrative that, well, because you're in menopause, something's wrong with you. I feel like the pharma guys have hijacked this entire phase of life and just turned it into a reason to write another prescription. I don't know. Am I just riffing crazy or what do you think, Jessica? I really think that, again, going back to women's health and how it's somewhat always belittled in a way, um, yeah, I mean, if you think of pharmacy and, and what's available to women um, in a medication, say, you know, quote unquote, medication standpoint for dealing with um, these issues, it really is a very small amount of options. Um, and even within those options, you can tell that it's not necessarily working in their best benefit because we still have this very, very large group of women who are still out there suffering. So, we know that there's a gap. We know that there's a gap in development. We know that there's a gap in care. And that's what we're seeing from women talking about how they feel and how they haven't been taken care of. So whatever quote unquote magic pill is out there, it's still not enough. And there are other ways to do things. And I think that that's why we're starting to see more in the femtech. We're starting to see more in development and innovation. And even from what you are have developed in, you know, with Ember Labs, this is so new to this market that there are so many women that need to hear more about this. Um, I'll, I'll give you, I'll share a story a little bit later if we have time about a woman on a plane that I was like, you have got to hear about this and sharing our stories. That's where we're really going to kind of infiltrate a kind of the ripple effect, the ripple effect of just having impact by placing one word, one seed into one woman and that she can share that with her friends. I mean, you can't say that we don't like to talk, right? We are a group um, that really like to talk. Women like to share stories. Where did you get your hair cut? Where did you get that outfit? Nice shoes. How about I'm having hot flashes. What are you doing to deal with that? And where can I get some of that? That's the conversations that we want to hear. And I want to be a proponent in those conversations. I love it. And so what you're really doing is you're advocating for women to once again, open up the conversation about this phase in life, especially, uh, because I think it's been horribly neglected and, uh, you don't just write a prescription and, and throw it at somebody, um, without, you know, taking time. I, you know, you're as an OBGYN, are you finding that women are really appreciating the amount of time you're spending with them um, with their overall integrative health, their kind of holistic health, and, and actually creating an environment within which uh, they feel comfortable? Um, is this the way of the future for women who are entering um, their 40s? I think it better be the way because that's exactly why you know, I formed my new practice, Sanctum Med and Wellness, here in Dallas, um, was for that exact reason, was I found in over, you know, 15 years of clinical medicine, I love my patients, I love having conversation with them, and I found that there was this need, it was almost like this wall that women were getting to in their perimenopausal menopausal phase, 
And when they would reach that wall, I didn't really have much to offer them. Now, as I started to begin my journey with really navigating into the women's health space and menopausal health and sexual health, is that there was actually things that were out there in order for me to help them. But when I brought it back to the exam room in a organizational medicine or a hospital setting, it was very hard for me to continue the conversation of because of the structure of the setup. And so with this new practice, I wanted to be able to offer them within the same walls of where I was seeing them in this exam room to be able to have them see a life coach, a trauma uh, recovery coach, an acupuncturist, a nutritionist, a yoga instructor, a meditation leader, and even a personal trainer who understands the changes that go on for women uh, in their 40s into their 50s and even their 60s. So bringing all of that awareness when we think about bone health, when we think about how estrogen actually impacts the brain, you know, brain health is a very big part of menopausal health. And, and for many years, again, and even now, it's not even something that we, I would say, is mainstream. And those are the topics that I want women to understand, to be educated in. Um, and if we don't have the ability to explain that to them in the exam room, where else are we going to do that? And it has to be information that's reputable. It has to be information that is evidence-based, in my opinion. You know, I want my patients to have something that is going to impact their lives, but also that is very well vetted in the sense of what were the studies that were done on this and how can we make sure that science is still a very big part of their health journey. And, you know, Dr. Moscone, um, she has done a lot of work with menopause and how it affects the brain. Um, but how estrogen impacts our bone health, how est estrogen impacts and testosterone impact our sexual health and our libido. We get all of that in, uh, ability to help our patients at Sanctum Med and Wellness. And that is, for me, the fundamental reason why I want to expand, why I want to be able to have conversations with you. I mean, we have talked about in the past, you know, how women are suffering and we want to be able to bring them those technology, those devices that's going to allow them to push past, have a better quality of life. I always say that we don't have the ability to change age. We are aging, no matter how we want to look at it, we are aging, but we do have the ability to change the way we age. And I want to be a part of that uh, phenomenon. I absolutely love that. Everyone out there, um, in case you're wondering about um, what uh, Jessica has referred to in terms of a device, I'm actually working with a, a, a team founded by um, MIT PhDs in material science engineering who came up with a, a fabulous uh, wrist wearable that you control uh, through an app and also on the device itself. It looks like a, a watch, but it's worn on the inside of the wrist. And what it does is it basically um, allows a woman uh, to partake in what we love to call a brain hack. It's an inside job. So there are special uh, thermal waveforms that tickle your skin receptors for um, cooling when you have a hot flash. There's also warming um, as well. But for the purpose of a hot flash, um, you want instant cooling so you don't have drenching sweats and you feel horrible and it may be a terribly awkward place. You're there running a board meeting and suddenly, boom, it hits you because this stuff happens fairly randomly and then all night long, totally disrupting your sleep. So that's what this wrist wearable is and it's called the Ember, that's E-M-B-R, 
wave, just like the waves, W-A-V-E, the ember wave. And um, it is absolutely amazing uh, technology. Uh, and go figure, you know, the, the young scientists who put this together were all young men who had to look up what menopause was. I mean, didn't have a clue um, when they realized that women um, in their uh, 40s, 50s, 60s and beyond were knocking down the doors to purchase the wearable. Uh, They realized then uh, that they had tapped into a way to be able to help women. And actually also men, men have hot flashes. Um, On my podcast a little while back, I had um, Jeff Markey, who was a participant in our prostate cancer study. And once you're uh, under treatment for prostate cancer, uh, the likelihood is that you're on a special hormonal uh, treatment uh, that will throw a man into the most, you know, godforsaken hot flashes, drenching sweats, and all the rest of it. So that's where all this is coming from from. And Jessica, you know, I'm so glad you brought up the whole world of femtech. You know, I, I, I mean, a lot of women didn't even know any of this stuff exists. Um, and the word is getting out and you're seeing more and more, you know, uh, everything from marketing to just plain medical studies being published. I know we have several um, in the works and very exciting developments where I mean, honestly, I I really feel that women are becoming uh, more vociferous about saying, where is the help here? Where is the help from both medical providers, from technology, insurance companies? Um, We need help. And we need help defining a new narrative here as well which I think is extremely important. So you could tell, obviously, Jessica, by the passion in my voice that, you know, I really feel quite strongly about all of this. Um, So when a woman comes to your practice, you know, this beautiful new practice, how is she dealt with more holistically than just the usual walk into the sterile room, put on that, you know, paper outfit and, and you're in, you're out? Yeah, I love that because we actually really worked intentionally to change that narrative of what it means when you walk into the doors of a doctor's office. How does that either reassure you, relax you? And so our setting in general is very uh, relaxing. It does not look like a doctor's office when you walk in. Right to the left is a big yoga studio um, and straight through some amazing glass doors is the front reception, which is like all white. So it's very inviting and allows you, you know, the way you perceive to feel relaxed is there. When I see patients, you know, when I, uh, and this is something that I've done for years, is really navigate more than just the issue that they're coming for. And that's where, you know, this all started was I realized there was so much more than just the physical of I'm coming for my annual or I have an issue with bleeding, was that there was an emotional aspect and whether that had to do with themselves and some trauma that they had had in the past and they were carrying or for relationships and just going through you know, kind of normal relationship uh, issues or whether someone was stuck uh, in a portion of the relationship that was emotionally draining to them or even sexually challenging for them. That's why now I have the ability as soon as we're able to un- unveil those issues um, and sharing those stories, I have somewhere exactly to send them with in the same time frame that they're being seen by me. And so what we do is we initially set them up with a wellness consult. 
and our wellness director sees them and then, again, pulls on those things that are hindering their quality of life, and then we build a program for them. And at that time, they're able to kind of see within the same setting how their medical, their physical health is also being impacted by their sexual health, their nutritional health, um, their physical health from a, a physical standpoint of working out, say, or exercise, and what that's either taking away from them, or they could see how this could, you know, implement their lives to a better uh, level. So we work with them and find out where they're willing to start. We meet them where they are, basically. And once we're able to establish that program, then we we go right in, we dive right into them coming again for whatever service they're coming for. And the beautiful part of it is that now we've created a safe space. We've created a safe space for them that whether they're seeing me or our Chinese medicine doctor uh, who does acupuncture and cupping and actually prescribes Chinese medicine or coming to meet with our nutritionist or coming for a yoga session, they all can do that with someone where they feel safe, that is known to them. There's no intimidation of having to go to a new space and figure out how to navigate where to park. How do I get in? They can all come and get those services at the same space. I love it. And so there's something else too. And that is when, when a woman begins this transition, for lack of a better term, I I think it's true. She's transitioning once she enters perimenopause sometime in her 40s. She's like a, it's just like a, a work in progress. So it's a dynamic situation where a woman's needs may change. Whereas you have this conversation with her about, well, um, you know, do you want to focus on lifestyle only and uh, maybe, you know, some femtech and not consider any kind of uh, menopausal um, hormonal therapy, low dose or otherwise. One year she may say yes, one year she may say no, everything could change. And because she's changing. So how do you do that? How do you do that with your people? Yeah, I think planting the seed, once people can actually visualize what their access is, what their exposure to different things are that can help them, I think that allows it, one, to store it in their brain for later. There are some people who are definitely ready to jump right in and start right away. Um, And I think that that, that's the impact that we want to make. We want people to be able to um, be exposed, but to also create some relationship with their surrounding. Um, I think that's a big part of why we start to see people not being able to find where their where their comfort zone is because there's no relationship behind it. Women are very uh, relationship um, savvy in the sense that we like to create community. And so I think that if we're able to build that community slowly but surely, allowing people to feel safe every time they walk in and to know when they call that it's the same people that they encountered while they were there. So it doesn't, and just like you said, you said it beautifully, this is a dynamic time in a woman's life in the transition of perimenopause into menopause. And so if we're able to journey with women through that and saying, you know what, you may not need this now, but I want you to know about it so that if you do in the future need it, you absolutely know where you can get it. And we're always here with open arms. We are always here with open arms. And now that you've been in the space, you know what to expect. 
Yeah, and and the other thing too is um, I I can put money on it that you're also giving women a heads up that you know uh, as they're for instance entering the transition, um, most women are not giving a heads up. In, instead, they wake up one day and they're in shock. They're like, well, well wait a minute. Um, what just happened here? Uh, I don't understand. What's going on with my body? It's almost like an out-of-body experience. It's like something something's happening to me. No one's told me about this. Now you're up to your ovaries in anxiety, maybe anger. It's like, what? You know, frustration. Like, Why can't we give women more of a blue book? You know what I'm saying? In I other think words, a, blue a little book would be great. Don't I you think, think that that's great? great? You know what I, mean, I also think is I'm like, why did you, like you said, people wake up and they're like, what the hell happened? Why isn't it that we're, uh, one, I think that society has uh, placed a very <laughs> kind of, time bomb uh, approach to menopause as one, this is going to be horrible, be prepared. Well, actually, they don't think they give us preparation. So we should be talking about menopause in the perimenopausal phase, in our 40s. And unfortunately, how we hear about it is one, it's like this horrible stage. Two, you're kind of left out on your own. And then from a medical standpoint, you know, I, I, I can even remember days where the overarching narrative is like, well, yeah, this kind of sucks, but you're on your own. And so I think the message needs to change in general from society. I think we need to honor women as they enter in this transition and find different ways to bring up a conversation where they feel empowered. Why are we not empowering them through this transition? Yeah, and and I, I'm just done with the surprises already. Come on. Um, right. We already have enough know, surprises already throughout our life. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's like, what? And, you know, a woman, also when she's in, if she's been taking pretty good care of herself, you know, throughout her 30s, outside of pregnancy, you know, let's just say she doesn't get pregnant in her 30s. You know, she's kind of coasting. You know, things are kind of the same-ish. Because for all intent purposes, she has a body that's just ready to get pregnant any old time. And really, uh, the prerogative is to keep that body in pretty good shape. It doesn't change a whole lot. You know, if you have a bit of an hourglass figure, you're kind of going to be coasting around with a hourglass figure. Um, and then all of a sudden you hit your 40s. And I always laugh. This is my favorite. In all my books, I write this and everybody chuckles. You know, one moment, sometime in your 40s, when the when the perimenopause begins to kick in, you look in your mirror, and you say, well, wait a minute, I used to be an hourglass, now I'm a shot glass. I mean, what 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 happened? I Suddenly, it all moved into my belly, and I'm a mess, and I can't get into my clothes, and belt is now a four-letter word, and the whole thing starts looking a little dismal. You know, why didn't... Why didn't we tell that woman, right, that even great athletes, as they're coursing through the perimenopause, will pick up a little bit of subcutaneous fat, you know, and there might be a little something to pinch there. Well, I don't want to break anyone's heart. Let's go to men for a second. 
you know, ladies out there in the her podcast land. So listen up on this one. Starting with the age of 40, men's testosterone levels drop by anywhere between four and 6%, sometimes more. And so that lovely little six packer um, that they probably never had in the first place, but that, that six pack suddenly is a barrel. And you know, there's a big change there. And so, uh, I think a lot of men realize that that's one change that happens, but it's really one of the biggest changes that happens with men. With women, estrogen, as you're the expert on, you know, affects every damn tissue in your body. You know, I mean, the belly is just a piece of the action. It's everything, your dryness in the vagina, your vision, your hair, your skin. I could go on, your cognitive stuff. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I mean, I know the thing. Well, the thing I love about your practice, the way you're setting it up, and this should be a a real model for OBGYNs and, quite frankly, physicians in general, is that you walk in. There's a yoga studio. Hello, there's a message, and the message Message. is moving your body is powerful. Why did you decide to put that there? I decided to put that there because I felt one, I I know the benefits. I know the health benefits of yoga, but I also know that if it wasn't something that was in the forefront, um, what was the likelihood that I would still be able to make a big impact? Obviously I'd I'd make much more of an impact than when I was in a normal traditional setting of medicine because it wasn't there in the space at all. But if it was tucked away in the back or somewhere where they may not see it first sight when they walk in, then it wouldn't always necessarily be an easy part of the conversation. And I wanted it to be a focal point. I wanted people to understand how we viewed uh, the lifestyle portion of your health, how you can easily integrate something into your life that can have so much more benefit for you from so many different varieties of whether that's a benefit of decreasing your pulse and your blood pressure allowing you to take the mind space for yourself in order to uh, impact your brain health. And then also, we know that yoga really is a philosophy of how we are able to channel our thoughts and set intentions, which are better for our life. And I wanted that to be, I was not, I wanted people to know that that's a big part of our practice. And it's not just for a certain person or a certain variety of woman. It is for everyone. And that's the best way that we felt to do it was to put it right smack dab in the front. I love it. You know, there are some practices um, that I'm aware of, of OBGYNs as well as um, internists and family practitioners who actually have placed their practice in a building where there's also a gym available. So immediately, you know, you've got that whole nice referral and uh, I love that. Um, it basically also is wonderful when people like yourself, if everyone's anyone's ever seen uh, Dr. Jessica Shepard, she, let's just say, walks the talk. She's positively gorgeous. Um, she clearly works out. If you go to all of her social media, my God, you see pictures of her doing yoga and just getting into it. Um, and I just absolutely love that. So, you know, although for like, like very well, you've got your gorgeous uh, white coat on. Um, it's sort of like, okay, white coat is a piece of it, as you and I both know. But, you know, I'm an athlete, for instance, um, and I'm constantly sharing my athletic adventures 
with, uh, you know, anyone who will listen because uh, I walk the talk. Um, I'm not going to sit here and pontificate. And what I love about you, Jessica, is you you walk the talk um, and you're out there sweating it out with the best of them. Uh, and if you're going to discuss lifestyle, it's exceptionally important that to sell lifestyle, you have to live lifestyle. And I believe that um, in a big way, don't you? Absolutely. I felt that, you know, one of the things was in the conversation that I had with my patients over all the years was they wanted me to explain to them, how do you make it part of your life? How is this an important part of lifestyle and what are the benefits? And so I wanted to be able to share that. Also, it's a a great way to be accountable to yourself, right? It's a great way to make sure that you are actually doing the things that you are advocating for with your patients. And so I really was inspired by people who motivated me, who said, you know, I really watch you. And, you know, that actually motivated me to try yoga or for me to try meditation. And so what better way to share your story if it's going to motivate someone? And that's why it helps me actually walk the walk better is because I know people are watching in a, in a way that I can be helpful to them. I love it. This is absolutely fabulous. So, you know, really at the end of the day, um, we're, we're hopefully beginning to change the actual practice of medicine and delivering this. Are are you getting kind of, um, any feeling from your own OBGYN community that they're beginning to pivot towards something like this? You wouldn't believe the response. And again, it's not an overwhelming response because this is not mainstream medicine uh, and hopefully it will be one day. But I've had many physicians reach out to me, especially in the OBGYN space. I've had a few family practice about this integration of lifestyle and eating habits and incorporating acupuncture uh, for their patients. Um, And I am delighted. I'm always delighted to share again, how I was able to reach this part in my journey, stepping out on faith. I think that too, you know, the construct of what we practice as far as traditional clinical medicine um, doesn't usually lend to this type of practice. And so you have to be willing to step out and do it for yourself because you want to see this for your patients. So it may not always be what people will uh, maybe uh, I guess, aspire to, or maybe we feel that it wouldn't be supported by mainstream media, uh, mainstream medicine. So we have to be willing to take that chance on our own. So I'm glad that when people reach out, that means that they're thinking about it. They want to, they basically want to try it and, you know, step out on faith. And I am here to only push people to that because I know I've seen it happen for my patients. And I know that other people have as well when they are able to get their patients to eating better or to a good exercise regimen, how that impacts their health. And they see that in the numbers. They see that in their patients when they come back. So I basically uh, want to use this as a catapult to being a change in medicine and healthcare and to shifting and changing that paradigm because we have to. We have to. We know what this is going to do in the future. And kind of like we were saying before, that kind of generation, I think the Gen Zs have like a little bit inspired me to, if you see the change and you want the change, then you have to do the change yourself sometimes. 
or as Gandhi would say, be the change um, that you want to see happen. Absolutely. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do it very well as their chief medical officer. Yes, this was, you know, as I kind of stepped down from uh, clinical medicine, this was an avenue that uh, came to me um, through, again, other uh, colleagues who were in this space. But now we see more of the information. So that you know, Very Well Health is a online destination where we provide people with really good health content in a time of need. Uh, we vet our uh, information and have it um, pretty much written and read over by physicians. So it's something that is very trustworthy. But we also want patients to feel reassured when they read our information, not scared. Um, we want them to be take this information, be willing to go into their doctor's office and have better conversations. And so, what we do is a dot dash. Uh, it's a dot dash vertical, and we have very well health, which I'm the chief medical officer. But we also have very well family, very well fit, and very well mind. And so, as the chief medical officer, my goal. Uh, really is to take that clinical information, make sure that we're hitting all the top marks when it comes to uh, topics that need to be discussed. And then also making sure that people know that very well is a very important part of what we do when we go online and look for information, that we are here to provide people with relevant information that's trustworthy. So it's it's a lot of different hats that I wear. I'm so proud to be a part of that um, that family of very well health because we do pride ourselves on making sure we're relevant, but we're also very, very uh, trustworthy. I think that if we, if I could say that word one more time, um, because there's a lot of information out there, quite frankly, that doesn't necessarily um, present itself as trustworthy. And and so, how does somebody connect with very well and they keep up with all the new information and great blogs and great everything? How do they do that? Yeah, I always encourage people to go to verywellhealth.com. Um, in order to get this credible health information, we really cover everything. We have um, all of our board-certified uh, doctors who look at our information, make sure that, that what we have on our platform um, is is consistent with ongoing uh, medicine and research now. And we also have done things such as health divides, which really look at minorities uh, in medicine and some of the healthcare disparities that there are. We have um, online experts who uh, give interviews. And then we also have patient um, experiences and sharing their stories. And we share that as well online. So, you know, we are part of the Dot Dash Meredith family. And so we have print and we have digital, but we're mainly a digital uh, online destination. I love that. And so um, I'll put money on it that this is a great way for you to also look at all the content out there and have um, and really seek out opportunities to be able to push the envelope, you know, um, challenge people uh, with new concepts and new ideas as it relates to all things health, but also women's health in a big way, right? Oh, women's health is definitely something that, you know, the team is very um, forward thinking and they want to know everything that maybe is not addressed that we need to address. And that for me is formidable because again, coming from a society in medicine where we don't necessarily put women's health on the front, I am very vocal about that, as you can imagine. And we have a team that is willing to take that challenge on. 
I love it. I just absolutely love it. Well, with you at the helm, Jessica, I have a funny feeling good things are going to be happening here. Um, no question about that. And I just think it's so cool. I know that uh, writers from Very Well um, interview me very regularly. And uh, it's just so wonderful now to know that your leadership is going to help direct, um, you know, really cutting edge concepts. Uh, which I think people should be, uh, you know, willing to sign up for, learn about, and then advocate for themselves. You know, grab some of those new ideas as it relates to how a woman, you know, uh, is treated within the system. And I always say, and I know that you probably agree with me, that honestly, if you're not happy with your current provider, move on. You need to find someone that you can really work with um, closely, someone who gets it with you and is willing to spend some time with you. If that's not happening, why are you there at all? I mean, this, this is your life. Exactly. It's your health journey. And I also feel that, you know, historically, when you think of a physician and their patient, it's a very loyal relationship. But I agree with you. I've told many of my patients, if you feel you're not getting the care that you need or the conversations that you want with your health care provider, it's time to move on. And you absolutely have the autonomy to do that. I love it. Okay. Now, as we're closing up here, what I'd love for you to do is be able to tell everyone how to best access you because I know that they want to learn more about your work. So obviously at verywellhealth.com, they'll see that you are chief medical officer. Um, how about your practice? Yes, my practice near and dear to my heart, obviously, that's where I spend most of my time, <laughs> is Sanctum Med and Wellness. But our website is sanctumwell.com. And that's S-A-N as in Nancy, C as in Cat, T-U-M as in Mary, well, W-E-L-L, and .com. And I also know that um, our Instagram is where we like to uh, have our people go because that's going to give you like up-to-date uh, info. You can see what we put on our stories. And that's what keeps people motivated day by day is to check in with somewhere that is giving them information, but also keeping them motivated. And so our IG handle is Sanctum Med Wellness, all one word, Sanctum Med Wellness. So I hope to see everyone who's listening today there and join us in our family there at Sanctum Med and Wellness. Oh, I love it. Listen, um, everyone, we've been talking with Dr. Jessica Shepard, OBGYN, and a real leader in women's health care. All I can say is on behalf of the Her Podcast community, thank you so much for being on the Her Podcast today. Thank you. And I look forward to coming back and meeting you again soon. Oh, boy. I can't wait. All right. And everyone out there right now, Get on over to iTunes, rate and review the show. We're waiting to hear from you. Why? Because I'm Dr. Pam Peek. I want to hear from you. I'm host of the Herb Podcast. Follow me on Facebook at Dr. Pam Peek or Twitter and Instagram at Pam Peek MD. Remember to catch every single episode of the Herb Podcast on iTunes, Radio MD, and all of the major platforms. Thanks for listening today and please stay safe and stay well.